0: Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Crater celebrate the thoughts and opinions of magnetic spirited and influential women each week bold brilliant women spark vigorous conversations on the complexities of life love and happiness now here are your hosts Sandra Beck and Linda Crater
1: Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Crater and today's topic on Dynamic Women Talk Radio is simplicity. We will be roundtable discussing with Tony St. Clair, Kimberly Rinaldi, Allison Carmen, Lou Paget, Annabelle Monahan, and Ann Tucker. Now, simplicity is one of those things that is easy to understand, but it gets very complicated in its execution. And I'm going to go to Kimberly Rinaldi first so she can introduce the concept of
2: simplicity and why it matters. Okay. So I'm often told I asked what time it was, not how to build a clock. Mr. Rinaldi goes a step further and says he didn't ask for a lecture on Euclidean geometry and the time-space continuum. What does that mean? It means that I have a tendency coming from healthcare to want to give everything people need to get their information into what we call informed consent. Simplicity is the thing that stands back and tells me it's not always necessary. Um, It's a difficulty for some of us, and Simplicity is the thing that is needed to help people make change, to help people make a decision, and to help drive a direction in any conversation. Wish I could have been more simple, Sandra, but that is, that is kind of where I am in it. I'm, I'm a difficult little
3: widget on this one.
2: Well, I think it's important, Kimberly. We're going
1: to go to Lou Paget next.
3: <clears throat> what is my definition of simplicity? Yeah, what does it mean to you when I say keep it simple? Well, I will describe it this way that we have a buffet of things that we can choose from. And in life, what I realized is when you can do a lot of things, you think you should keep doing all of those things at the same time. (laughs) Yet, when you simplicity to me is kind of like the other side of the mirror of focus. And when you are able to focus things become simpler. So that whole long continuum of a buffet of ideas shrinks. And all of a sudden there's only this area that you are going to have as your priority that you're going to focus on. And it simplifies and with simplicity comes an ease because then you don't have to be thinking about doing other things. So, the continuum shrinks, so all that buffet idea, it shrinks down to between point A and point B, and then in the simplicity, everything expands in an up-and-down uh, way. Does that, does that make sense, the way I'm describing it?
0: It's beautiful.
3: Beautiful, beautiful. Ann Tucker.
4: Yeah, I think that when I think of simplicity, I think about uh, that it requires discipline. Because whether, you're, whether it's simplicity of thought or simplicity in practice, what you're doing really is editing. So you've got to digest what's out there, whether it be your thoughts or your wardrobe or whatever it is. And you either weed out what you don't want or you have to select what you don't do want. And when you do that, when, you're, when you exercise that discipline, it gives you focus. right? It removes resistance, removes clutter. So I think there's a lot of literature out there right now that's becoming popular. And and it goes all the way back to the idea of when you get dressed, you get fully dressed and you take off one thing, right? You're editing, you're removing. And I think doing that makes, makes
0: you, it gives you clarity
4: and it gives you focus.
0: I love the part about simplicity. And I tend to think along the way that Lou was talking about and also the way you did, Anne, there is everything is easier when it's simpler it's down to the essence and you're able to have more freedom in terms of where you're moving and going and thinking and creating i think that as women especially dynamic women we tend to complicate simple things and when you take it down to simplicity and find out what's really important and what your priorities are i think it really does make life have as put it ease and expansion mm-hmm.
1: Allison Carmen, we might not be able to hear Allison Carmen. We're going to go to Annabelle Monahan.
5: I'm here, Sandra. I'm sorry, I didn't. Oh, my But I, I have to say, I really appreciate everybody's definition of simplicity, and I agree with everyone. And for me, when I think about simplicity, it, it all comes down to my inner world. Because the more I sometimes, when I try to let go of things in my outer world, I'll, I'll have an easier schedule or I'll make a different decision for my children. Something else will happen and I can't control everything that's going on. So when I think about simplicity, for me, it's about this processing and letting go and making sure I don't hold on too tight to anything in my life. And the more that I'm open and my heart's open and things are moving, I find that the ebb and flow creates more space within me. And when there's more space within me, I have less thoughts, I'm more present, and then – I actually make simpler choices on the outside, and I just have this flow within me that keeps everything more at peace and ease. So for me, it's like this inner simplicity that actually really makes my life with
6: uh, gives my life more joy and ease. Annabelle, you know, I um, I really love what Lou said about focus. You know, I'm I'm a mom, and I spend my day multitasking, and I think that multitasking is the enemy of happiness. And I think that simplicity is the friend of happiness. And I remember I saw this. um, It was a documentary about Warren Buffett. And Warren Buffett was was at a dinner with Bill Gates. And Bill Gates' dad asked them both what the secret of their success was and to write it down on a piece of paper. And unbelievably, they both wrote down the same word. And it was focus. And I think about that all the time. And I think when I am a mom and I have three part-time jobs all I do is not focus. And so that's really what I battle with. I battle with just finding an hour to do one thing at a time to keep my life simple enough for me to feel happy.
1: Tony St. Clair.
7: Hello there, okay, thank you. I I am so um, happy to hear everyone's definition of simplicity because in in the grand scheme of things, it's really what is simple for each individual life. Um, For me, um, when I talk to my clients about simplicity, it boils down to what can you do in two minutes, 20 minutes, two hours in the the time that you have. Uh, For example, a lot of people won't meditate because they make it too complicated. But do you know you can get a two minute meditation and still feel wonderful? But we try to do so much. We think more is better. More is better. And it's not. And if we focus on the little things that we can do in the little time that we have, I find, I have a formula that I like to use with my clients and myself, simple plus sustainable equals successful. Hmm. If it's not simple, it's not sustainable for me and I won't be successful. And it's a building block and foundation to move forward.
2: Yeah. You know, at Kimberly here, I was, I'm loving what you were just saying, Annabelle, about sustainable. It's, it's an imperative that I think so many of us get involved in is that we want to be everything, do everything for everybody. And I think it's a trap for women specifically. Um, sustainability, and that has become sort of my mantra over the last year. And it's, it's interesting because Mr. Rinaldi, anytime I come to him with, you know, this is the direction I'm, I'm looking at, this is what I'm doing. His new question to me is, is not do I think it'll work, but do I think I can sustain it? And I think if you put simplicity with sustainability, it's a win. It's a win for everybody involved. So I like that direction. I like, I like what you're pairing that with.
3: Lou Paget, <clears throat> I totally agree with the statement of multitasking being the enemy of what happens in, for many women in their lives. And somehow someone said that multitasking is sort of like the Oscar of, you know, you did a good job. I think that's absolute crap. (laughs) Bottom line is, when you are focused on doing something and you know the direction that you're going to go, so it simplifies the direction, you know direction. When any time something becomes, it's just known that you're going to do that, there's an ease in your life. Like when you know that you're going to be making a report or you know you're going to be making a cake or you know you know what it is, all of the things become, there's an ease and in that ease comes expansion. And expansion is the area where women flourish because we are creators. And so when things get simpler, we then have that ability to expand and the ability to then look at things on different horizons. And to me, simplicity, Just it is a pill we need to take every morning, mental pill, and just say, this is going to be my focus for today. These are going to be the things I'm going to do.
1: I was just writing down simplicity as a pill I take every morning, (laughs) Annabelle Monaghan.
6: Yeah, I love that, too. Could you send some of those pills over my way? (laughs) Absolutely. I, I find that um, this, this may be me and it may be my community, but I find that a lot of women wear their exhaustion like a badge of honor. Yes. And, you know, we need to fall into bed every night, you know, smelling of sweat and mud and baked goods and all the money we made just so that we can justify our existence. And, you know, I, I guarantee you, my husband doesn't feel that way. You know, I think it's a woman-specific thing. We need to prove our right to be here by being full of cortisol and exhaustion. And um, I think it's really something to think about um, when, when we manage our days. You know, management consultants say that you should do two things every day. And I think that a lot of us would think that that's sort of funny. I mean, I do two things before 7 a.m.
7: <laughs> Sorry. Right? I
1: was just laughing because, you know, <laughs> do two things every day. I was thinking you're gonna say, you know, don't do more than two things at once because right now I'm on the radio with you guys. I've got laundry going, the dishwashers going, the pool is being refilled. You know, I've got three people coming over for lunch in two hours. Like, and that's all while I'm hosting a radio show. Uh Linda Linda Crater. Oh, maybe we lost her. Okay, so These ideas, and and Annabelle, I don't think you're the only one because how many times have we gone out and you hear the one upmanship of, I'm busier than you, I'm tireder than you, I have more children than you, I have more travel than you, you know, and it kind of makes me just want to throw like a drink on my own head just, you know, (laughs) to break up that tension, you know, because I I used to want to throw a drink in somebody's face. Now I just want to dump it on my head just to get a reaction, kind of to break that cycle. here today on dynamic women talk radio we're visiting with lou Paget, tony st Clair, kimberly rinaldi allison carmen annabelle monahan and ann tucker we'll be back after the break
0: we're dynamic women talk radio and we'll return after these short messages
3: The Fitness Minute with Fitness Expert Annette Hammond.
8: It's a fact that working out for 30 minutes a day will improve your health and make you feel oh so good. But if you are on a quest to lose weight, you should be looking to exercise aerobically for 45 minutes to an hour. I know that may sound daunting, but it's really not. You don't have to kill yourself to keep your heart rate up for 45 to 60 minutes people who put their ipod on and walk for an hour a day consequently they are losing weight increasing their energy and feeling great on the other hand if you're like me and want to maintain your present weight then 30 minutes of cardio a day is perfect the benefits of cardio exercise are vast, and even if you're not trying to lose weight it is necessary and vital to your health so schedule in your cardio exercise six to seven days a week and watch your health, energy, and outlook on life improve.
9: I'm Annette Hammond.
3: It's Merging never
9: Got a lead foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymous and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break. Don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer, and most of all, be honest. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
1: Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Crater, and this is Dynamic Women Talk Radio. If you like what you're hearing and you want to find out more about our guests, go to dynamicwomentalkradio.com. Now, we're going to talk about in the element of keeping things simple. I even find that there is competition in simplicity, you know, who can, who can have the best, the most, the worst, the whatever. And I'm going to go first to Allison Carmen. We've got two uh, girls on the show today. We've got lots of authors, but Allison Carmen wrote a book called The Gift of Maybe, and that book has changed my life probably as much as Ann Tucker's undoubtedly awesome book changed my life. And these are really great books, you guys, because they take these concepts and simplify them in a way that we can understand and digest them, which is what we try to do on Dynamic Women Talk Radio. I'm going to go to Allison Carmen first. Why do we compete so much as women, even with Are You know, we could just be all sitting together having Taco Bell and someone at the table has to be the one that's the best, the worst, the most, the the whatever.
5: Well, you know, we can bring it back to this idea of uncertainty because we're afraid that we're not okay. So we think, like we said before, more is better. If we keep accumulating what we'll have in life, then we'll know where we're going. We'll know what's happening. We'll know that we're okay deep down inside. So this idea of simplicity goes hand in hand with uncertainty. Can we deal with the unknown? Can we deal with being present with just what is at the moment? And I think that's where we get tricky. I think if people were able to kind of get more comfortable with where they were in life, I think they would choose more simplicity. They would be more grounded within. They'd be more present And they wouldn't feel this need to always need more. So I think simplicity and our fear of the unknown run, they go hand in hand.
6: I think there's a little insecurity involved in this too. It's this this idea that we have to constantly be, you know, increasing our own job descriptions. Um, You know, when I was growing up, my mom, three kids, one was disabled. Um, She was a single mom, had a full time job. And every night I would see her sit down and do the crossword puzzle. And now I think, how come I don't have time to do the crossword puzzle? And the reason is, is that my mom wasn't constantly, you know, trying to to make the cupcakes fancier or or make her life more complicated to prove something to somebody. She was just doing what she needed to do to take care of her family and to be happy herself.
4: You know, I don't know what it is. This is Ann Tucker. And I don't know what it is. Why is it that women, as women, we don't value ourselves, that it's not enough to just be. And it's like this pervasive thing among among women in our society that we feel like we aren't enough. And we feel like we have to to earn it, that we're not worth breathing the air, that we're not being here. You know, we're not earning our place in the world unless we're doing more, being more, You know, it's about having to earn it all the time. And I think it creates that feeling of competition that that if we're not measuring up, then we're not worth it. Um, And I think it's so unfortunate because I think not only does it 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 puts that competition between women when really we should be supporting each other and lifting each other up. You know, but it also think about that inner dialogue about how negative that is, you know, how we feel about about uh, ourselves and about uh, our, you know, uh, our role.
7: Wow, that. Just brought up so many. This is Tony brought up so many um, thoughts for me as as I work with my clients, especially women. This is the first thing we have to move through is feeling like we are enough or feeling like she is enough. Because until we move past that, self-care doesn't happen because it's always externally focused. What can we what what new degree can we get? What new program can we I'll sign up for what new, whatever. And it's all externally focused. And so I like to say an affirmation myself and give this affirmation to my clients. I am enough just as I am perfectly imperfect. I am enough. And if we would just do that, I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: Well, I, I totally concur ladies. And one of the things I think we have to look at is I I talk about things being sort of the mirror side of of something else. And what competition actually is, in my mind, is the mirror side of separation. And it's about keeping you separate and apart from being um, a team, being a collective mind, being an attitude. And if we think of, you know, and this is not, you know, based on, you know, the type of genitalia that we're walking around with. More things are done from a male standpoint that is teamwork, whereas women don't get raised typically with that. You see it now more in sports, with soccer, with other things. Yet when we also have to be so aware that on a daily cultural basis, that message of women competing with other women is ongoing. I mean, the nonsensical stuff when you see the, you know, uh, Macron's wife, uh, Brigitte, I can't think of her surname, and comparing her outfit to <laughs> Melania Trump. I mean, spare me, just frickin' spare me. Man, I have a degree in buying and merchandising from FIT in New York, so fashion I get. But it's all about who is prettier, who's smarter, who's this, who's that. And I think once we step back from that and go, you know what, I'm no longer gonna be part of that dialogue. It doesn't serve me. Just as a, another example, culturally, Japanese women, they make the most elaborate lunch, lunch boxes for their children in a form of like a bento box that you would not believe the amount of work it takes for these women to do this so that they can compete with their kids sitting in school. I mean, that is just nuts. And yet, that's how those women are basically culturally trained that this is what is great for them. I think, I think one of the best movies for women to look at is the movie Bad Moms. If you haven't seen it, you must. It is freaking hilarious. It's honest, and it tells the truth.
8: And,
5: and you know, it's also interesting when we, we see all these things. This is Allison speaking. When we see all these things, we see what's going on in the news. We see what's being fed to us constantly, being objectified or feeling separated, what we do is we brace ourselves because it's painful. We brace ourselves because we want to feel like we have value, yet the world around us is often telling women that they don't have it. But once we start to brace ourselves, we close our heart. And once our heart is closed, we can't find our way back to that place where we feel we're okay. So it's kind of hard. The world makes us feel like we want to close down, yet in order to really get back, to our self-worth and to our simplicity, we need to open up. And that's really the key. If we could find a way to always open our hearts, we will get back to that place where we find value and we're able to go back to simplicity and handle our lives in a different way. So I think that's the game when the world makes us feel like shutting down. How do we stay open so life can flow through us?
2: You know, and, and I love that direction, Kimberly Rinaldi here. Um, There's two words that I use, and everybody uses them all the time, and they are so misused, it's a foundation for a lot of the work I do. And those two words are I am. And uh, Joel Osteen, in an interview many years ago, talked about the fact that when you say I am, whatever follows I am seeks you out. When you get into religious context, God, the name I am, What I discuss within my clients and students is I am is one of the most powerful prayers. It is one of the most powerful affirmations. We come in very powerful as we're born. Look at a two-year-old. They'll tell you. The world revolves around them. (laughs) Don't question them. They know this. Um, The power of no, the power of I can do it, me do. Two-year-olds are fantastic that way. Good parenting, society, all of that stuff sort of breeds it out of us, if you will. Go back to the power of I am. We are more apt to believe the I am's that I call the, you know, crap flinging monkey that lives in our head. I am, you know, I'm old I'm fat. I'm short. I'm fill in whatever you want. Sit and really work with the I am's that what that are after what you want in life. I am powerful. I am bound by nothing. I am capable of anything. Start working within those. I am parameters. And, you're going to see tremendous shift. Now, I know affirmations from a behavioral standpoint don't work if where you are is so far removed from where you want to be. Then start to use the I am in that context. I am moving towards it. I am capable of wanting it and deserving it. And start having those I am conversations. Those two simple words will change your life because they already have.
4: And? Yeah, you know, it's. It, I love the that I am, and I think you're absolutely right that what we say is what what we create. The way that you're identifying yourself, it's like you're putting a call out to the universe and making that happen. And I think to tie that back to this idea of competition and how we're experiencing it between women, and how do we stop that? Right? We're all we all experience it, but the thing I've noticed is I have this one dear friend who um, is able to uh, completely absent herself from that dynamic and it's something about her presence it's something about the way that she is but she just doesn't engage and she's supportive and she's loving to other women and she doesn't she doesn't take the bait in a sense it doesn't get the same emotional rise and because she's not responding to it she's not essentially it goes away she it's almost like she just puts a a wet blanket on the whole competitive environment and i think if we start with ourselves when we're coming into that environment and we focus on supporting other women and we focus on on not feeling not rising to that feeling of competition right just not not participating and and coming into it with a different energy we can we can change it we can change the dynamic for ourselves and for how we are interacting with other women um you know a good example the same friend of mine she had her her son's birthday party and talk about not it's not that she doesn't care she cares a lot but she does it in in a way that really embraces simplicity and, uh, and is just the way that she is. She had his party at a park. We played games. And for the cake, she had the ice cream man drive by. And every, everybody got quarters and bought an ice cream. And the kids were delighted. They were totally happy. And she didn't care if anyone judged. She was, everybody, it worked out great. And because she came into it with that energy, nobody judges. Everybody's happy, right? There's no competition. There's no feeling of competition. She makes room for other people to then also feel comfortable. So it's, it's, it, I think it's, is, there is a path through that feeling of competition. There's a, as a, and I think if we start with ourselves and if we just are aware when we're feeling that feeling and
0: release it and don't allow it to
4: come up and, and choose a different way.
0: I love that, Anne. This is Linda. I, I take it back to the children analogy that Kimberly used with the two-year-old. Look at what happens when you give a child a toy in a big box. They open up the box. The toy comes out. They play in the box. It's the simple things that actually matter the most. And the simpler we make life, the, the better off we are. I would love to, we're leading into a break, but I would love to, after the break, talk about this quote by Leonardo da Vinci. Simplicity is sophistication. And think about that. What can we do to help shift the thinking from the busyness, the competition, and the nonsense into simplicity being the new ultimate sophistication we're going on break right now we'll be back after these short breaks. stay with us we're dynamic women talk radio and we'll return after these short messages
9: has been around as long as there have been hotels where discretion was a bitter part of value. One lecturer at Cornell University's School of Hotel Administration traces the Do Not Disturb sign roots to the aristocracy of the early 20th century at grand establishments such as the Ritz in Europe. It sure is annoying when you just want to be a slug of bed and someone knocks at the door and says, Housekeeping! Housekeeping! What's the word for the semi-conscious state between sleep and wakefulness? Hypnopompic. There are days when I wish I could wear a do not disturb sign around my neck. What do you call someone who wants to lay in bed all day? A launcher. It's launcher. The- I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too
3: Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
8: It is not a myth that healthy, nutrient-dense foods are more expensive than many junk foods. Researchers at the University of Washington found that healthy foods like lean meats and whole grains have increased nearly 30% in the past four years, while soft drinks and candy have only gone up 15%. Since beet is one of the most expensive items that you purchase at the grocery store, it's a good idea to cut back on beet, especially for health reasons. Filling up on fresh fruit and vegetables is a great way to lose weight, keep healthy, and keep food costs down. Eating beneficial, delicious foods keeps you lean, strong, and in good health. It is possible to eat healthy food and keep costs down. Your goal is to lose weight, not money. For the Fitness Minute... I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond.
0: Welcome back to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. This is Linda Crater, and I ended the last segment with that quote about uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication by Leonardo da Vinci. And on the break, which I always wish you could hear because they're very rich in content as well. We were talking also about, I wanted to tell a story about Michelangelo. I think you mostly know this story. When he created the statue of David, they asked him how he knew what to carve. And he said, I just took away everything that didn't have a place. And if you think about simplicity, that's what brings it down to the essence, the best, the the most, uh, the priority. And I, I love that. And I would just love, to hear your understanding of how we can take the busyness of this world, the social media, et cetera, and foment that simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, that, that it really is the place to go and to be. Uh, Well, you know, I, I, this is Annabelle
6: here. Um, I always think about this Christmas when I had little kids and I was running around with a sore back, uh, trying to make the magic, you know, stringing the lights and buying the presents and running around like a crazy person. And my oldest son kept asking me to play Go Fish with him. (laughs) And I was like, what, are you kidding me? I can't play Go Fish with you. I'm creating your childhood memories. (laughs) I'm I am, I am going to create this experience that's going to be such a high level photo opportunity for my children When literally all they want from me is five minutes of a card game or just mm-hmm. for me to listen to, you know, some story they have to tell me about why Superman's bigger than Steph Curry or whatever it is that they want to say. And I, I think about that all the time. You know, this child now lives in another state and he's in college. And I think, God, I would kill to play go fish with him.
7: Like, so
6: those are just like how much backache would I have saved myself you know those are the the moments that we kind of have to get back to
5: um, this is this is Allison uh, you know I also have to say that you know I used to have a job at a very large law firm and I was stressed and had all these thoughts all the times and worries and aggravations and projects and I, I tried to simplify my life and part of simplifying my life was going on on my own having my own law practice And one day while sitting in my living room, I realized I was just as stressed, just as worried, just as distracted. So I always go back to the fact that simplicity for me is not the act that I'm doing on the outside, but it's how I'm thinking on the inside. Because I can create that large, crazy law practice anywhere if I'm not careful about my thoughts. So for me, it's always about what am I thinking? How many thoughts am I carrying at once? And again, it's this process of keeping my heart open And trying to let go, trying to let go of of what's not now, let go of what's from the past and be so present that my mind settles. And then I have simpler thoughts. And with simpler thoughts, I have more peace. And then when I have more peace, I actually make simpler choices in my life. And for me, that's where I become more sophisticated. I, I become more interesting. I come more my true self is through simplicity of thought.
7: Wow, Allison. This is Tony. I love what you just said. That, is, that mirrors my approach. I left a, a C, I was a CPA in my former life and you know now I'm a health coach. And I decided to um, approach each, each day, each client in a simplistic way. Instead of having this laundry list of I must cover all of this stuff with each and every last one of them, I set an intention, and this is what I do in my life, in my real life, is what I'm about to do or say going to serve me or not serve me? And that to me is simpli- that's sophisticated simplicity because it is about the chatter, the mind chatter. It is about getting a beyond that. Is it serving you? Is it not serving you? If it's not serving you, it's not simple. It's not it's not good for you. It's not meant to be. And it creates space. It, it fills space that should be created with something that causes ease and flow. And as you said, ease and flow ultimately, ultimately leads to more expansion instead of crowding that space with things that are complicated and not serving you. Well, thank you for that lead-in, Mr. Um, Allison.
2: Kimberly here. You know, I, I started this conversation um, at the beginning talking about when someone asks me what time it is, I'm often told I asked what time it was and not how to build a clock. Simplicity is something that I have really fought with my whole life. Um, I have a brain that works in what we will call three-dimensional concept. Um, I score very high in the IQ testing, in, in the very, very high percentile. And so I look at things from a perspective of I want to understand it. I want to take it apart. And for me, that is bliss. That really is. I have to work within a realm where other people understand things. And I'm not kidding. Mr. Rinaldi doesn't do the, I I asked what time it was, not how to build a clock. He's all Kimber. No lectures on Euclidean geometry today. I just asked what time it was. Um, For me, that is bliss. The, The simplistic understanding of taking something apart, picking it apart, that works for me. But I'm a rarity. It doesn't work for everyone else. So for me, finding that balance, finding that structure where I get what I need out of it, and I'm able to help others, um, is standing in that space and learning to ask, more importantly, what do you need from this exchange? That has been so freeing for me. So I don't know, I don't know if the rest of you are, are struggling with that difficulty as I do.
4: I absolutely do, Kimberly. I find it's, it is, I love the idea of simplicity and I, it's something that I aspire to all the time in just about every aspect of my life. It's in terms of my writing, I struggle for simplicity and, and especially in my life. I, I just moved and the move, you know, moving is a great opportunity to purge and to get rid of stuff. And, um, you know, our pantry, when I moved, I didn't realize that I had stuff that had been expired for, you know, one, two years, literally two years old in my pantry expired. And you just, you don't realize. And I think, you know, in the age of Amazon deliveries, there's constantly more stuff that's showing up on my doorstep. And it's, it's like a creep where things are just creeping in. And I see, Kimberly, you have 15 mustards. I have to tell you, I literally opened up my refrigerator. And despite having huge amounts of, of uh, trying really hard to be disciplined about what I'm bringing in, I've only been here a week and I already have three mustards in the refrigerator. So, <laughs> so I am not doing great.
3: I'm really trying, but it's hard okay. and it, it's creep. You know, it creeps in. <laughs> well, you know, when we talk about simplicity, I'm going to uh, sort of add in my, this is what happened in my life story. When I was first asked to start doing my seminars, which ended up turning into me writing my five books, and this is Lou Padgett speaking, I, uh, that was when I realized that I could do all of these other things. But And a friend said, Lou, your problem is you can do everything. Your problem is you can. He said, my thing is I can only do one thing really well. And when I heard that, I realized that was when I realized that to shrink what the opportunities were and then literally everything just, I mean, exponentially expanded. But the big thing that having that simplicity did, simplicity then became like the necklace of paying attention. And the more attention that I put on something, the simpler things became. And I'll tell you, when it comes to relationships, your attention is your most seductive behavior. It's not necessarily what you look like. But when you are paying attention, typically you're also feeling more sure about yourself and there's a different confidence. And confidence is also something that makes things simpler. And I'm laughing about the thing about, oh, my goodness, you have things that have been expired for two years. Good God, I've had things that have been expired for like eight or nine years. That's like yikes factor. (laughs) but you know the the attention that becomes the thought then becomes the confidence that then becomes the ease and flow and that is where we create the dynamic called simplicity in our lives and I totally agree it is time to stop having so many little Amazon deliveries on our doorsteps okay Okay. Bezos is making enough money enough already
5: (laughs) Um, this is Allison. You know, what's so great about what you've just talked about is that we all have different capacities. And when we get to that point within us that our mind is more quiet and there are not as many thoughts and things are flowing, we actually reach our maximum capacity. So I find when I have more inner simplicity, I'm actually doing more. So it's not really about my outer schedule but it just seems that my capacity of the years keeps increasing as I age only because of my mindset. So, again, it's that inner capacity, that outer capacity. It's all related and, and inclusive in the, in talking about simplicity.
7: Wow. Um, as you all were talking, a phrase came into my head. This is Tony. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. And I think we always get caught up in all the, the you know, the, the tools that we have in our toolkit and you know and that we should be using them all the time no absolutely not just pick out what makes sense for that moment well i'm going to jump in here
1: because you know i really resonate with just because you can doesn't mean you're you should like you know, I run myself ragged unnecessarily because I get to the point where it's like, yeah, I can throw the laundry and yeah, I can do the dishes while I'm doing this. I can do that. And then I'm exhausted by like 830 in the morning. But there's also an impatience in me. And I don't know if any of you guys have this and we're going to talk about this next segment, but I don't like to wait. So I will go out and fix my own pool equipment. I will clean up a dead animal. I live on a ranch. I will do these things. Because I don't want to wait. And I have a patience problem. And (laughs) that makes keeping my life simple a little bit difficult. And I will tell you, like Allison Carmen's book, The Gift of Maybe, has opened up like wonderful things to me. But it's also opened up this big Pandora's box because it's like, oh, maybe I could fix my own plumbing. Maybe I could install my own fan. And, you know, so I had a big leak and shocked myself. But it it's it's that catch twenty-two that when you can do a lot of things and all of you like I look at the women on today's show. I mean, you guys rock it, you knock it out of the park. You are amazing. Your coaches, your speakers, your best-selling authors, your TV personalities. I mean, you guys are like super women. Is there anything you can't do? And I'm gonna put it over to Linda Creeder because she's one of my super women. I'm gonna make you close. Let's see, can you can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can hear you just fine. I, I think that we all have an impatience problem sometimes, but I think that we we harm ourselves when we do everything because then we are seen as being super women when we really could just ask for help or we could pace ourselves a little bit. And I find that as I get older, I am much, much happier with simple and ease and flow and and I don't want to be competitive in that way any longer so I am grateful for age and wisdom and simplicity and it really just I love that part about attention is the most seductive we are going on a very short break we'll be back after these messages you're listening to dynamic women talk radio And we'll return after these short messages.
9: the United States Postal Service successfully ships over 160 billion packages and letters, with bills traveling through the mail at twice the speed of checks. Automated sorting machines read zip codes and direct the mail to the proper destination. But last year, they failed to read some 2.4 billion pieces of mail, all because of cacography. That's bad handwriting. So what happens to all that errant mail? The post office hires more than 700 postal clerks to decipher the most difficult ones. When a sorting machine discovers an illegible address it scans and sends a digital image to the clerk's computers. Amazingly the average clerk can crack the code in just three seconds Not everyone can keep up though as management at the post office is always pushing the envelope it's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app too funny for words.
3: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
8: How much sleep is enough per night? Eight hours? Six hours? Studies show that people who sleep between six and a half and seven and a half hours per night live the longest. But sleep deprivation affects about 27% of U.S. adults. Time Magazine released a study showing how sleep and overeating are intertwined. The article cited a report from an American Heart Association conference that showed growing evidence that links healthy weight with getting adequate sleep. It shows that sleep deprivation is associated with overeating. In the study, people who were sleep-deprived ate more than 500 additional calories a day. Adequate sleep is important for many reasons, but this research proves that proper sleep is imperative to maintaining a healthy weight. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond.
1: Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Linda Crater, and this is Dynamic Women Talk Radio. And if you love today's show and you love these women like I do, you can go to dynamicwomentalkradio.com to learn more about them and listen to uh, like at least 30 other shows just like this. And I encourage you to because I get gems of wisdom, boy, every single time I do these shows. Now, I'm going to be a little bit embarrassed, but I love junk. Um, I love junky stuff, I will go to the 99 cent store, I will buy a bunch of junk, I will enjoy it, then either throw it out, recycle it, or give it away, and I will read eight books at a time and pile them all up like some weird woman, and if I was allergic to cats, I'd probably pile them up too, Um <laughs> But I do love stuff and I love to shop and there is no better feeling in the world, I will tell you, when that Amazon box comes to the doorway, because even though I ordered it, even though I know what's in it, it still feels like a present. And that's kind of the antithesis of simplicity because i have a lot of crap and i have to periodically purge it and when i do donate it give it away i don't really sell anything but i but i I give all this stuff away and i feel like the flow of the universe um, abundance comes through abundance comes out and makes room for more new so now i've gotten myself all tweaked up into a circle going okay where is the simplicity and how do i simplify my life without taking away the things i love
0: I love that sand this is that is such a funny thing because I don't picture you that way, but th- I find that I'm the polar opposite of you. I don't like stuff. Mm-hmm. I have not gone to the place of Spartan um but i I used to have the pantry full just like the ladies were talking about earlier, and if I might be running out of mustard, I would buy two more bottles just so that I would not and I have shifted now to to stop that so what What I came down to one day was I was moving things out. I'd had a water heater burst in the basement. And I realized as I moved the junk out that I hadn't looked in these boxes forever and ever. So I began purging things that were completely unnecessary. And then another day, I thought, I really like the way this is. So I took a moment and I wrote down what makes me happy. There was not one thing on that list. Not one not a single one. It was all feelings that I had about certain things. There was no stuff on it. So I have shifted in the last decade to no stuff, no tchotchkes. I, I don't buy things just to buy them. I I really have simplified things and I like it better that way. I like food that is less sauced and all that kind of stuff I think food and people and communication is best when it's simple and direct so I'm I'm the opposite although I do understand the joy of receiving a package so it's you know it's I get where you are but I think I have changed over time I used to be more the scarcity mindset so I had to you know hoard things but at this point I don't and I I'm much happier this way and my house is happier
2: you know, and, and I'm probably transitional compared to you, Linda, and you, Sandra, somewhere in the middle. Kimberly speaking mm-hmm. here. I come from hoarding stock. This is not a joke. This is legitimate. <laughs> Minus the dead cats, I legitimately have family members. Um, there are pathways in their homes. This oh, dear. Is, no, I'm not kidding. This is legitimate. I come from that stock. I have OCD. These are tendencies that lean towards that. So, a long, long time ago, I learned a monthly purge is a necessity in my world. Hmm. Doesn't mean that I don't own everything available from the LA County Fair. I'm a consumer, and oh my god, I'll get another one for the same price. <laughs> I'm in. Um, I don't care. You know, I, I define my shopping as shit. I didn't know I needed until I saw it. Um, <laughs> and this is how I live my life. But. That monthly purge, and when I do it, it is very conscious, and I've been doing this for probably 25, 30 years now. Do I love it? Do I use it? And do I have a home for it? If it doesn't meet those three criteria, then I have to let it go. And like Sandra, I'm not a big yard sale person. People are blessed by amazing things. I gave away a Vitamix blender um, about three months ago because I needed the one that was stainless steel. Yes because you needed it. It was still is a need, right? Oh. Yes. Yeah. Everybody deep, knows that. A deep and personal need. Um but I still I I still for me simplicity is I will invest 100%, 100 miles an hour in the things that I love. So when I took up knitting, I spent $1000 on yarn. Uh,
0: I have a room, Kimberly. <laughs> yeah. An addiction.
2: Right? And then yes. When I'm done, I bless somebody else with it. And that for me, that is a joy and that is a simplicity and it keeps me out of, it keeps me out of therapy and out of those television shows where they show up with people to dig you out and Mm -hmm. save the cats. So, that's me.
1: Well, and there is a joy like I enjoy acquiring as much as I enjoy giving it away. I actually hate to sell things. I'd rather like like somebody came into my house recently and admired one of my couches and I'm like, "Take it, it's yours." I knew she needed one. They her husband came with a pickup truck, out the couch went. Now I'm excited to get a new couch. Lou
3: Paget. Okay. When I look at um what we're talking about and Kimberly how hilarious talking about the purging. Um and But when I look at day-to-day what simplicity looks like, I go back to uh, when we experienced the uh, Northridge earthquake. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, all of the things that were material things that were supposedly important things, that just fell off. In the same way, when you lose someone, when someone dies in your life, all of the things just sort of fall off. And you start looking at, again, what is really important for me the moment when i was being thrown around and san and i were experienced this um and being thrown around the room like a bb in a box car all i could think of was not about glasses or anything that was broken are people okay and to me that is something that i go back to when i go what's important to go about a day-to-day simplicity exercise Tomorrow, or I should say on Sunday, I am, as a certified sex educator and best-selling author in this area, I'm going to. Everyone has their trade show. Mine happens to be the Adult Novelty Manufacturers Expo, which is an, <laughs> a, a trade show for sex toys. So rather than going and being dazzled by all of the new things that you know have the Wi-Fi activated over here, or doing that over there, or the doll that does this, my focus is going to be on looking for dilators for a woman who i do a um panel presentation for severely injured soldiers she happens to be in the va uh as a a phd therapist and she said do you know and you know what i don't know of any really good lines right now so the simplicity is I'll, i'll tell you right now you can go into the adult novelty show and there are more vibes more things more this more that then it, it is eye-boggling, mind-boggling, and I've gone to it for 15 years. But still, the simplicity for me is, again, my attention and my focus is going to be, this is what I want to do. This is where I, you know, I, this is what, this is going to be the result I want. And San, you know, when it comes to stuff, what do we think about stuff? Stuff is experience. And you love Experiences. You like to experience things. And then when you're done with the experience, you move it on. And then, you know, you simplify it. You go like this. Okay, done. And I agree. I love to be able to, you know, donate or purge. And thankfully, you know, Paul goes to a church and I'm able to very easily purge with many things going to when they have their contribution or whatever it is they're doing. And I move things out. Boom, done.
4: Next. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the, the purging. And I think it's, you know, in terms of when you do it. And, and this is Ann Tucker. And, but the problem that I have with purging, the difficulty I have is when, particularly with clothes, is that when something is still good right? It's that quality thing that if I have something that is good and I have stuff in there that's, I mean, if you think about it, like, what is the oldest thing in your closet? If you have to go through it, I'm not talking about something vintage, <laughs> I mean, like something that you <laughs> bought, that you've had the longest thing, you know, like, can anybody beat 20 years? I have something, I think that's 25 years old that I still wear. Does anybody else have that? Yes. Because, yes. <laughs>
0: totally.
4: Yeah. And I call and it a probably, classic. Ann. Yeah and the problem <laughs> is that it's still good you know it's still a good thing so i have a hard time letting go of that stuff that and some of it's really out of fashion You know, I don't know if I would, I don't think shoulder pads are never coming back, you know,
3: but (laughs) (laughs) you might be surprised.
4: Yeah. So I've started this transition strategy where I have bins that I put stuff in that I put into the garage. And my thought is, okay, if I don't miss it, if I take it out and I get my closet, like my dream way where it's all clean, everything I could only have the stuff I use, everything else goes in these plastic bins and I put (laughs) them in the garage. And if I don't touch them, you know, if I don't miss them, I'll open them up in a year. If I don't miss anything, then out it goes. Then I'm happy to get rid of it. And it's just, it's just, you know, I'm done. But it's, I think giving myself that little breather, you know, that transition space is making it really easy to get it away, to get it out of the closet and to release my emotional attachment mm-hmm.
1: to it. Well, and you can save it in case you threw it under the bus.
4: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what, Anne, uh, this
6: is Annabelle. Uh, I I got a lot of stuff. I've got, I got 10 of everything. But the one thing in my life where I have simplicity is in clothing. And I sometimes like to think that maybe I'm like Einstein, like I'm some kind of genius and I'm just going to wear the same thing all the time. I think it's actually that I'm kind of cheap and lazy. But I have, I mean, I, I work at home often in my pajamas. I work outside the house twice a week. I wear the same thing like some variation on the same thing. I have, if I'm going to a fancy party, I have two dresses, one for if it's lower than 70 degrees, one for if it's over 70 degrees. And there's something about not having a lot of clothes that makes me feel like, like I know what I'm going to do, but I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear. It's the most simple thing. And my kids, they have no clothes. My kids have each have one pair of sneakers. Um, it's, it's a, it's it's a pretty quiet way to live. But if you go into my spice uh, cabinet, I do have more than 400 mustards like the rest of you. <laughs> it's horrible. And cornstarch. It seems like every time I go to the market, I buy cornstarch. I don't even know what it's for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love this. This is Linda. Unfortunately, we need to close the show. Thank you so much to Tony St. Clair from Maryland, Kimberly Rinaldi from L.A., Lou Padgett, L.A., Annabelle Monica, where are you from? Uh, I'm in Rye, New York. In New York. Allison Carmen. Uh, New York City. New York City as well. And Ann Tucker? Newly from uh, California, San Diego. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing your views on simplicity and, and how do we get there and how do we compete and not compete and how do we get to simplicity as the ultimate sophistication. Thank you for listening to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. We'll be back next week with more intriguing guests. Thank you for tuning in today to Dynamic Women Talk Radio and join us each week. You get more shows on DynamicWomenTalkRadio.com.